Well, good morning, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, what a, a great weekend this is. We celebrate our independence, right, as, as a nation, um, and that true freedom that we have received. As I, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to, uh, there's, to, to Sam's. <laughs> what a wonderful store. But Sam's can overwhelm me sometimes. Like, I just went the other day, and it kind of freaks me out. There's so much to choose from in Sam's, right? You can go down one aisle, and if you're looking for olives, you can choose what kind of olives you want, the pitted or non-pitted, or you can get them stuffed with jalapenos. And then you can look at the pickles right next to it, and you go, oh, gosh, I need pickles too, a big jar of pickles. And then you can go to another aisle, and you can get all the protein drinks you want, and you can get your fruit, and you can get your meat, and you can get your clothes, you can get your furniture for your house, like you can get everything at Sam's and it can get in there and you're just like, oh, all right, this is a bit much, right? A bit overwhelming, kind of like whenever I go to a Mexican restaurant, like I want to be creative and try something new, but I don't like beans and so that's a problem. But so I look at that big, they got a menu that's got all kinds of stuff on it. So I always just go, I think I'm going to do something new and I'm like, mm, I'll do three tacos. You know, it just gets overwhelming. You're like, okay, I'm tired of looking at it. I can't, I can't try that, right? <clears throat> That's how I feel about today's readings. <laughs> There's so much to talk about in the first reading. I mean, we could talk about how the prophet is speaking about the Messiah coming. He's going to be riding on, the, on a donkey. And you could talk about how Jesus fulfills that on Palm Sunday, riding in on a donkey. We're not going to talk about that. You could talk about the second reading where Paul speaks about putting to death the deeds of the flesh and how the Spirit of God dwells within us. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Oh, we'd love to talk about that a little more. And then the Gospel reading has two different things you could preach about. You got being a little child and Jesus revealing it to the little ones. And then the second part of the Gospel about the yoke uh, and how Jesus is that yoke. And so that's what I want to preach about. I'm going to stick with the last part of the Gospel. Um, because it's just a, it's an awesome image for us. Jesus says in that last part of the gospel, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. First of all, that's just good words to hear today, right? How many of us are working a lot, labor, heavy burden, putting in long hours, Houses going the way it is. School's about to kick in. you got all kind of stuff going on. Like, this is an important sentence for us. Write this on a little sticky note and put it on your mirror where you can see it. Come to me, all you who are labored and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Like, that's something we need to hear. That's Jesus' desire. He says to us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does this mean, this yoke, right? This is a weird image for us because we don't use yokes a whole lot. We just think it's something that's in the egg. It's, this isn't what Jesus is talking about. He's not the yellow gooey stuff in the middle of an egg. Jesus is speaking about an apparatus that is put on two animals whenever you're farming, right? We have the wonderful invention of tractors. Um, we don't have to use yoke anymore. So you would put this yoke on like two oxen, and it looks kind of like an elm. And it holds them close together. So now you've got the double horsepower. They have to move as one, right? They've got to move in the same direction. And if one of them's moving in one direction, the other one goes, oh gosh, squirrel. And he goes this way, the other one's going to go with him, right? And it's going to mess up what they're trying to plow. And there's more power whenever the two of them are moving as one. So Jesus is speaking of this apparatus of being yoked to one another, right? Take my yoke upon you. 
and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble of heart. It's also constraining. I could imagine those animals would want to go off freely to go where they want to go, but they have to go in the same direction, right? And so we would think, well, that's constricting. But if they do what the yoke is supposed to do, it's going to be freedom, and it's going to be able to get a whole lot more work done uh, because it's a double horsepower, so to speak. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. So it's this image, yes, it is that we are yoked to Jesus. That is true. Like he's the one leading and where he goes, we go. And if he moves one way, we move that way, right? It's him leading us along the way. Yes, we are yoked in that way. And there's an intimacy to that yoking, right? The two animals, literally what happens is they're yoked so closely together that when one of them begins to move one way, there's a little twitch. The other one feels it and begins to move that way automatically. They know one another intimately in that way. Kind of like my grandparents. I think I may have used this example before. As a child, I used to love watching my grandparents dance, right? They were polka champions. They would travel all over the world and polka things. So I used to love watching them dance, man. Like, and y'all seen that in the elderly and, and people who have been dancing together for 20, 30, 40 years. Man, they know each other's every move and they're yoked together. They're going to move in the same direction. And one little move of the shoulder and my grandma knew what direction my papa was going, right? It's just the way that it worked. So they're yoked in that way. And so Jesus wants us to have his yoke upon us. Now, what is what yokes us? There's a lot of things that yoke us to people, don't they? What holds us together with people? It could be common interest, right? It could be a common interest in Nichols football. It could be a common interest of, I love to go fishing. These are my buddies I fish with. I like to go running. These are my buddies I go running with. Common interest can yoke us to people put us together, right? Your jobs, that can put you together, yoke you to other people. Um, but what happens when that yoke is Jesus? It's not just a common interest, but the yoke itself is Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble of heart. What happens when that yoke is Christ? Well, I think there's a number of ways that that can happen because it changes the dynamics of things. It's no longer just common interests that bond me together with somebody, but it's actually Christ himself. A few ways, we only have time to maybe tease out two of them. I think one way is through marriage, right? You have two people that come together and they're yoked together in Christ, right? The two become one, right? And they're held together in the beautiful sacrament of marriage. And look, how important is it? You know it better than I do. As, as married men and women, how important it is that husband and wife move together, right? The same direction. They're plowing the same field, right? It's important, and how many times maybe you've even said that to your spouse, honey, we have to work together if we're going to get through this. If we're going to get our kids through this, we got to work together. we got to speak with the same, the same language. If I tell the kid no, you can't go tell him yes. What's going to happen with that? What happens in marriage is that as they're moving together, it's fruitful and it's powerful. And marriage can seem easy, so to speak, because you have your spouse and you're moving in the same direction. What happens whenever husband and wife begin to move in two different directions? Well, there's a reality that they're yoked together in Christ Jesus because of the sacrament, but they start to move in different directions. This one goes that way, that one goes that way. And man, it's tragic, isn't it? It messes up everything that has been tilled up. 
So they have to move together. This is what Jesus is getting at. Take my yoke on you and learn from me. Move in the same direction Jesus is talking about. So I would say you could tease that out a whole lot more, but just to understand that aspect of it. I would also say there's a second way. Um, through spiritual brothers, spiritual sisters, people who are yoked together in Christ, right? Your Bible study groups, your men's acts group, your women acts groups, right? These form brotherhoods and sisters in Christ, yoked together in Christ, that is, that is, gosh, it's irreplaceable, right? These are those friendships that you can go to, and no matter what you're going through, they're going to be there for you. They're going to hold you accountable to living the life. You're all going in the same direction. What's the direction? I want to go to heaven. And in order to go to heaven, I've got to put to death these deeds of darkness that Paul talks about. Those things have to die inside of me in order for me to get to where I want to go. Well, it's so much easier to overcome addictions if you have brothers and sisters who are helping you overcome them and not handing you the next drink. It's so much easier if you're yoked to people in Christ rather than people who are going to feed my vice. So if Paul is correct, that we got to put to death the deeds of darkness, well, Paul, how do we do that? That's not easy to do. It's not real tangible. How can I do that? Well, it has to do with humility. It has to do with humility. And in the accountability between you and the person you're yoked to, be it your spouse, be it a spiritual brother, spiritual sister, that accountability brings about humility. Humility. That's how we put to death, as Paul says, those deeds of darkness, is humility. Why? Because Satan can't grab a hold of a humble heart. It's like trying to grab air. You can't do it. Humility makes Satan powerless in our lives. And so whenever I come to my spiritual brother, my spiritual sister, before the fall happens, before I give in to whatever that deed of darkness is that we all have in our lives, we all have our demons, before I fall into it, I send a text message. I give a phone call. Whenever I feel like if a, if a person struggles, for example, with alcoholism and they had a rough day at work and they know that they always had that little bar, they would stop that on the way home. And man, it starts right here, doesn't it? It's a hard day today. I really just want to stop by that little bar and just have one. That's when accountability happens. That's when you send the text to your spiritual brother or your spiritual sister and say, dude, pray for me. And maybe you have to take a different route to go home so you don't have to pass in front of that little bar. Do whatever is necessary in order to put to death that deed of darkness. And that's whenever we will begin to see the power of Christ that lives within us, Paul says. He says, don't you know the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you? <laughs> oh, like seriously, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and inside of me. And too many times, what we don't tap into is that power. Instead, we give power to Satan who says, you can't overcome it. You can't undo this. You can't fight this. You've given into it all your life. Who do you think you are? You don't have the strength. And whenever he tells us that, quote scripture to him, 
Whenever Satan's tapping in our minds with those lies, tell him, uh-uh, baby, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me, and Satan, you have no authority over me. I can overcome that. That deed of darkness can be put to death by Christ who lives inside of me. The darkness does not overcome the light. Light overcomes the darkness. That's the way it happens. No matter how much darkness is in the world today, no matter how much darkness is even within our own hearts of hatred and anger, it just takes a little bit of light to dispel the darkness. That light is Jesus, who says, I am the light of the world. Bring that light into the darkness, and it will dispel, it will scatter. And it seems as though every time we turn on the news, there's more darkness and thicker darkness that's coming upon us. Well, guys, that's only because we have yet to really take the light out into the world, to be torchbearers, to bring that light to those who are in the world in darkness, and to not be afraid to bring that light into our hearts. That's when things will begin to shine, and they will shine brightly. So let us not be afraid. Let us not be afraid to have Jesus yoke us to your spouse, to a spiritual brother, a spiritual sister. Let us not be afraid to expose our hearts where we think are spots of weakness. No, it's truly spots of darkness. And we're turning to our brother or sister yoked to Christ and bringing light into it. I promise you, you will overcome. I have my own accountability partner, right? And that's how it works. It's a phone call or a text before anything happens. And the darkness gets dispelled. It's just the way of the spiritual life. It's the way it is. It'll work every time. Why? Because humility will not fail. (laughs) A humble heart. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble of heart. If we learn the gift and the virtue of humility... We can overcome everything. Why? Because it's the very virtue of the heart of Jesus. And it's us saying, I can't control it. I can't change it. But you can. You can. He can. The power that lives inside of you, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, lives in you. That's the deepest reality of our existence. So let us not be afraid of that. Let us tap into that. Right? And this week... Ask Jesus, dispel this darkness within me so that I can be a light bearer, torch bearers into this world and spread love instead of hatred, love instead of gossip, love instead of jealousy. That's when we will see a world beginning to get lit on fire with the love of God. Amen.